It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Swing high from ball! Go to right center! And the Braves have won it! There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. A walk-off homer from Freeman, and the Braves win it! He is! Braves win! Braves win! Braves win! It's a walk-off! Acuna sends us home! Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Braves Digital Media Content Manager, uh, virtually uh, via Zoom, alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. As we're sitting here, the calendar has turned to, I would say, my favorite month of the year. It's June 1st. By the time you're hearing this, it might be June 2nd or 3rd, but uh, either way, it's June, so... I'm just I just woke up happier today just seeing that it's that it's June. It's like summer is finally here. The Braves are back home. We got a big win against the Nationals last night. So just uh, looking forward to a summer full of baseball. And Greg, I tell you, I'm looking forward to a full summer of watching our guest today, uh, Austin Riley. He's now slotted into that cleanup spot, playing a great third base. And uh, as I said that uh, towards the end of our interview with him, uh, I think he's made a great case to be the starting third baseman for the National League at the All-Star game this year. So um, really, really fun to talk to Austin. Uh, and it's just been great to see him kind of mature. If you've been listening to Behind the Braves recently, I know you and I, it may have even been on last week's episode. I think it was at the uh, of the Bob Horner episode where in the outro or at the end of our show, you and I talked for a while about how, how all the adjustments that Austin's made and the great things he's been doing. So it's kind of great to dovetail off of that into, uh, into actually having him on the show this week. Yeah. I'm telling you it, you know, outside of Ronald Acuna, who's, you know, on another planet and just, just having another great year. Uh, Austin is quietly, just um, probably the second best player on on the team, but probably having as equally as impactful year when you think about this team being where they are right now. If they hadn't had Austin playing the way he is, who knows uh, where we'd be um, at this point. We're a little bit behind the Mets, but man, Austin's figured some things out. And I think when you talk to this young man, you understand that he he is level-headed. Um, he has made the right adjustments. I think he works hard. Everybody that I've talked to alumni wise who's interacted with him just loves him to death. And I'm sure uh, he's soaking it all in with these great coaches that we have with the alumni that we have. And, and uh, he has turned the corner. Now, will he have to make another adjustment at some point? Of course, your whole career, you're making adjustments, but at least early on in the career that he's having, he's made the most important adjustment and that is um, adjusting to what the pitchers are doing to him. So I think everybody's going to enjoy this interview. And uh, I could have talked to him for a lot longer because he uh, he's as down to earth as anybody and, and just a lot of fun to talk to. Absolutely. And I love and you're going to hear that you brought it up with him talking about his defense. Um, 
we all love what he does at the plate, obviously. But I tell you, that's been one thing I've watched with him that I've been so impressed by, particularly this season, uh, is he plays a great third base, man. He really does. It's 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 great to watch him. And you can tell he's he puts in his work on that. And you can tell how much pride he takes in that. So, um, yeah, well, you know what? Let's just get right to it. This is a really fun conversation with Austin Riley, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. So, here he is. And that brings the hottest Braves hitter to the plate. Did you know that Austin Riley has the highest average in Major League Baseball in the last 32 games? Swing and a high fly ball. Belted left center field. That baby's deep. That baby's gone. Well, hey, Austin. Appreciate you joining us on Behind the Braves. And we know you're getting ready for a big game tonight. But we uh, wanted to visit with you for a minute and just ask you a few questions. And um, first of all, just congratulations on a good start to the year. And uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's been great to see you uh, come out of the gate doing well. And uh, one of the the questions I had for you um, being a former pitcher, I know what it's like to have to make an adjustment to the rest of the league, you know, especially when you're a young player and you have some success and all of a sudden people start adjusting to you, you got to readjust. So a question for me um, to you would be what, what are some of the big adjustments you've made here early on in your career uh, to the pitching around the league? You know, I'd say the, the biggest thing is it's really just under really just trying to understand what they're doing to me as, as a pitcher, just, you know, really figuring out my, my cold, you know, my cold zones in the zone and understanding that that's where they're going to try to attack me. But at the same time, you know, I'm going to have my specific plan. Um, and I can't go away from that. As soon as, you know, I try to dictate my bat off of what they're trying to do. I put myself, you know, in a position where I'm, you know, I'm not going to be able to do damage, you know, maybe, you know, it may be one of those things where a guy's got a, you know, nasty sinker and, you know, he's going to be pounding me in and in, but, you know, I, I, you know, I don't hit that very well and I can't do damage. So why, why try to try to um, attack that where I should be, you know, focusing on where I do damage and, you know, wait to, till I get that pitch and, you know, hopefully not miss it. I think that's been the biggest thing for me, you know, this year is just, where I did in, you know, early, maybe in 2019 when they, you know, where they were trying to, uh, you know, when they started making adjustments to me, I kind of fell into their trap instead of staying in, you know, within myself. Um, and that's, you know, I feel like I've done that a, a better job of that this year. Well, those pitchers are tricky. You got to watch out for them, right? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. The, you know, especially in today's game, everybody throws a hundred and, you know, nothing's straight and it, it gets tough at times, but, um, you know, that's the, the fun part about it is just, you know, having that, that chess match between, between a pitcher. Well, Austin, I, I was, it's just, it's been great to see you start to take these next steps in, in your career and just the awesome year that you're having. Um, I was curious, just, uh, how how are you able to maintain patience when maybe things aren't going so well? And then translated that when things are going well, how do you maintain that that discipline to not swing at pitches that maybe they were getting you on previously? I mean, I I, I mean, I can't even I can't even exercise plate discipline playing like MLB the show. Like it's 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 pathetic <laughs> right. video games for me. So I can't imagine <laughs> doing it in real life. Like so, how do you how do you maintain that patience and that that discipline at the plate? 
Well, it's it's taken, you know, I've, I've been in pro ball for six years, and it's taken about six years to finally figure, not figure it out, because you don't figure things out in this game. It's always a game of one. And, um, you know, just slowly, to, you know, trusting myself. And that's what I think the the biggest thing now and what I've done in the past is, like, I've had a plan going up to the plate. But, you know, it's it's always like, did I really execute it? Whether it's, you know, I may go up there and take three nasty pitches down and in the zone that I wasn't in it. And I may end up strike out looking. Um, but, you know, that sets me up for my next at bat. If, you, know, you know, it may set me up to where I don't then fall into that position of chasing what he's trying to get me out on. And it's like, and that's where the discipline that I've, I've learned is, is as good as these pitchers are, they're going to make mistakes. They just, they, they're going to miss over the plate. They are eventually they are. I mean, this game is just too hard for them to, to be able to, to paint in, you know, nine times, you know, and, in a, in a, you know, four, four at bats in a game. Um, it just is. And I think that's where I've kind of matured as a, as a hitter is just learning that, that side of the game of, you know, you just got to trust your, your process and, 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 know that it's you've done your homework and know that you've put in the time to, to set your up yourself set yourself up for for success and and I, I think that's just the biggest thing that I've done is just tr- really just trusting my plan that I have up there you know everybody always wants to talk about hitting right so um, one thing I I'm I really appreciate about you is how you've been playing third base in spite of whether you've been 0 for 4 or 4 for 4 and and man, you're you're around some good people there. I think you know Chipper was at third base. Some when I when I was pitching, and I thought he was he was uh, underrated as a third baseman. And of course, Sites, you know he he was a great hitter too. But um, but I really appreciate uh, how you've played. And I, I'm just curious, you know, coming up, was that something always stressed to you to to really work on your defense? Cause I know that stuff doesn't come naturally. I know you got to put in the work and of course you've got wash there helping you in, but is that something always been, has been important to you? Yes, absolutely. Cause I mean, I, you, you become a liability if you, you know, if you can't build a position and, and be there. I know, you know, if you, as long as you hit, I feel like you're going to find a spot, but you know, to win, you know, I've always thought, you know, and the saying is defensive wins championships. And I, I truly believe that if you can play solid defense behind your pitcher, um, you know, you give yourself a chance. And, and working with Wash, I mean, I couldn't – I've been dealt the really good hands of being able to, to work with him. Um, you know, I feel like he's the best in the game. Um I mean, I shoot. I made 30 errors in Low A Rome 2016, and and to see the strides that you know I've, I've made now is just it's really you know humbling and 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 very you know pleasing to see. Just because, like I said, I I do take pride in it. Um, you know, nobody. The, the biggest upset in a game is is making an error for sure for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether you have, like you said, you're over four or four Ks, but you know, being able to to fill the position is is very very huge for me. Um, and you know, like I said, working with Wash, we work every every day. We do our drills. We don't miss a single day. Rain, shine, it doesn't matter. We're we're doing our drills, and I think they've 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 shown. Mm. 
Well, Austin, we're all everybody in Braves country loves watching you. And they, of course, they've seen you. You won rookie of the month when you came up and you just recently won NL player of the week, which is great. I wanted to go all the way back to the the beginning, though, and just what are what first got you interested in baseball as, as a kid? And you know, what are some of your first memories of getting interested in the game and starting to play the game as, as a youngster? You know, I, we have um, back home, I should, I started playing when I was five or six as soon as I could play T-ball um, with Snowden Grove Parks back home. Um, we're 15 minutes from my house, um, and we, we lived there. I just, you know, I remember pretty much my whole childhood was at Snowden Grove Parks, um, just baseball all summer, uh, fall ball. It's just like it was, it was just part of it. Um, and, you know, just – naturally just grew into the the competitive my family is so competitive it doesn't matter if we're playing christmas card games or pick up basketball horse ping pong like it goes it gets a little it gets a little aggressive at times just because we are so competitive (laughs) um so i think that just that aspect of of myself um you know just being being competitive and i i think this is the one of the hardest sports in, in, in the, in the world to play. And it's just, you know, there's always improvement. There's always that side. And I think that's kind of what, what drew me to is just the, the competitive side of, of the game. Right, so I have to ask, so when you are home with family and you're playing ping pong or a card game or whatever, what is your go-to that you, that you dominate when the family's all together? <laughs> you know, we play probably, That's tough. Well, we don't have a ping pong board anymore, but I was I was pretty solid at, at it growing up. That was our our go to. Um, other than that, darts. Um, played a lot of darts with uh, with the guys back home and, and loved that. Um, but probably ping pong for sure. Mm. Mm, that's great. Yeah, that you can't uh, you can learn a lot of competition from brothers and sisters growing up. I know ping pong was the was the deal for us and you can get those competitive juices going one of the greatest athletes that um that i played with was john smoltz and he wasn't great because he was a hall of fame pitcher he was great because he could whip you in pinochle ping pong uh you know darts whatever he was uh he was great but he loved uh he loved playing those other things and i i always enjoyed competing against him well um so one of the things that uh that i've always appreciated about being in Atlanta Brave was just the people that I'm surrounded by. And, um, and of course, you're getting experience some of that, too. As I mentioned, you know, Chipper's working with you in sites and some of these wash, some of these great coaches. But, you know, we've got some alumni, too, that have been around, whether it's the Terry Pendleton's that played third base, who was phenomenal um, when I played, and Andrew and all those guys. Um, I think about mentors, and I think about how important it is. I know for my rookie year, I had uh, – uh, a Cy Young Award winner in the bullpen, and I had a three-time All-Star and World Series champion to kind of mentor me. When you think about about earlier in your career, who are some of the mentors that have been important? And it be, could be some guys in the minor leagues too, some coaches, but who are some of those guys that you can pinpoint that have really kind of helped you shape your attitude um, towards the game? You know, I think – you know, you mentioned the guy Terry Pendleton. He was, you know, he was kind of there before COVID. He was, he was always in Triple A, um, Double A. He was always around. You know, in spring training, he was always around. Such a, such a nice, nice guy. Um, 
that, you know, I, I picked up a lot from him. It was just, you know, every time, you know, also on the defensive side, you know, whenever I was in, in AAA or something and, and made, you know, a, a, a mental error or something, you know, as soon as I got in the dugout, we, we sat there and, and talked about it. And, and he was always 100%, you know, free to, to, to give me as much as advice as he could. And, and you know, I, I kind of, you know, shaped me along with, uh, you know, Mike Brumley, my head coach right now. Um, I go see him in the off season. Um, I call him, I call him the hitting wizard just because him, his ability to dissect the swing to, to just being overall just mentor on, on the hitting side is, has been, you know, tremendous for me of, of learning, you know, cause I'm such a, I'm such a field guy when it comes to my, my craft of, of hitting or fielding and, we just, for some reason, we just clicked really hard um, whenever he came over. And, and it's been, those, those two guys have been super helpful for me. Are you hard on yourself or do you let things roll off pretty easily? I'm pretty, pretty tough on myself. I don't, like I said, I like to, I like to be as perfect as I can. I know there's no perfection in this game, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tough on myself. <laughs> yeah, that can be a challenge, right? Right, no doubt. It really can. Just uh, the mental side of this game is is un- unbelievably hard, and just trying to to grasp that and learn how to control that is 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 a big part of the game, in my opinion. Austin, you you referenced uh, being on the 2016 Rome Brave squad a little earlier, and I just I think we talked about this with uh, with Max Fried, and we had him on the off season too. I remember because I, I was my second year working with the Braves, and I remember watching that team, like watching the big league team during, you know, each night working and whatnot. And then I would always be checking the minor league box scores to see how you guys were doing and particularly that Rome team. And it's really cool. It's been really cool to watch you guys graduate. Uh, I remember us at the time talking about like up in the big league level, talking about how great it was going to be when the core of that Rome Braves team made it to the big leagues. And it has been, I mean, you, you know, uh, Mike Soroka, Max Freed, Ronald Acuna, uh, Tukey. Um, I know I'm probably forgetting some folks, but I mean, that core group has come up here and has been doing what we all hope that you guys would. What's that been like? I mean, could you guys sense even back then that you thought maybe we've got something special here that like uh, that a lot of us are going to are going to make it to the show together at some point? You know, for for me, I knew like the guys you mentioned, Tukey, Mike Soroka, Max Reed, Ronald, I knew those guys were going to be you know, phenomenal players. They were phenomenal players then and we're, we're going to make it, you know, an impact in the big leagues and just really just going up through the system with those guys. That's really been cool, especially, you know, when I got called up and those guys were, were really already here, um, just helping me get acclimated, you know, in the big leagues and, and just really felt like at home, really. Um, it was just, you know, another day at the yard because, you know, those guys were, were already here. Um, yeah, it was it was a special group we had there. Um, great teammates, great players. Um, you know, I can't can't say enough about, you know, the, the time we had there and the, and the guys that were on that team. 
So my last question, Austin, and we'll let you go. We know you got a lot of a lot of work to do. So there's a lot of debate, obviously, about the shift and all the kind of things. And and being a former player, I get asked all the time, why can't these guys just hit it where they're not? So set the record straight. You got you're up, and let's say right now because you're hitting the ball to the right side so well, and you're not pulling everything, it's probably a little bit tougher for for them to shift on you. Well, let's just say everybody shifted. Um, to the to the left for you. They're they're expecting you to pull the ball, and you got this huge gap between the first baseman and the shortstop and the second baseman. And are you looking at that? Let everybody know. Are you trying to hit the ball over there, knowing that that's a surefire base hit? If he throws you a little change up away or slider away, are you going to try to hit there, or are you just sticking with your strength and hitting the ball where it's pitched? You know, it, I, I definitely take a take a look at the situation. Like, like for example, yesterday, bases loaded when I came up, um, and you know, he um, I don't know who was at second uh, for them. Dude, I don't I can't even remember, but he was he was behind the pitcher. So I was, you know, my thought process because I knew he was going to barrel two seam sinker, and I was like, I'm going to try to get something out over and just really just try to hit it the other way. And I ended up doing it, but he ended up shifting, I guess, right at the last second, I hit it right to him. Um, but I, I think definitely it, it all depends on the situation uh, of the game, depending on what what they're giving me um, and, and also who's on the mound. If there's someone nasty where, you know, I take a, I take a look at my at-bats, whether I'm – I have an advantage, I'm neutral to the pitcher, or if I'm at a disadvantage, whether a guy's just like you're facing a DeGrom or something like that, you're, you know, you're at a disadvantage as a hitter, just plain and simple. Um, so I'd also take a look at it that way. And if I'm at a disadvantage, I'm going to take my single to right field all day long. I'm just going to try to try to get something, you know, get on base and just, you know, ease it over to the next guy and, and so forth and so on. But at the same time, if it's somebody that I see really well, um, that I can, you know, I have a, ten, you know, maybe have some history of doing some damage on the guy. I'm going to, you know, definitely look to, to, to do some damage, go to the big part of the field. I guess to answer your question is, is more so of depending on the situation. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take my head over there. Yeah. Good for you. That's great. Well, Austin, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. And I, about when this comes out uh, in the next day or so, I think we'll be getting close to all-star voting opening up. So I'm just put, saying to all the fans listening to this, we need to make Austin Riley the starting third baseman for the National League. There we go. So let's not get that. I appreciate that, guys. All right. All right thanks buddy. so much, Austin. We appreciate you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Our thanks again to National League Player of the Week a couple weeks ago, Austin Riley, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can say 2021 National League All Star Austin Riley for joining us here on Behind the Braves. Very much appreciate his time, and thanks to Braves Media Relations for uh, putting that together for us and all the great work that they do. Uh, Greg, we've got. Well, we've got a bonus segment that we're going to get to here momentarily. Uh, before we get to that, we want to talk about your your guest this week for Alumni Sunday. I think, uh, you know, I've talked about it before. You do such a great job of bringing guys back from different eras in Braves history. Obviously, you and I both uh, got to talk with Bob Horner last week, last Alumni Sunday during our last homestand. And you've got a guy from uh, – uh, 
little bit more recent era coming up this week and uh, Kevin Millwood. Uh, looking forward to that. That's going to be a fun chat, right? Yeah, Kevin's uh, a neat guy. We, we, we don't get to see too much of him. He's got kids involved in sports and everything, but he he's involved with us as much as possible. He's up in the Gainesville area. And, of course, Kevin played. Uh, he was he was coming up as a uh, young pitcher when uh, towards my end of my stay with the Braves, but man, he had just an unbelievable career, not only with the Braves, but also with Seattle and Texas and just pitched a long time, uh, just big old hands through a, a heavy ball and good slider. And just really, um, just really one of the, another, another one of the great pitchers that the Braves farm system and uh, just development with Leo and everybody that, that developed over the years uh, throughout our program and was a part of some of the great teams that we had in the late nineties. Awesome. Well, everybody, if you're coming to the game Sunday, or if you don't have tickets yet, or you're thinking about it, uh, come on out and well, you know, this is actually free out in the plaza. So even if you just come want to come to the battery and come, uh, come out to the Georgia power pavilion there and, Get to hear uh, Greg chat with Kevin Millwood. Millwood. That's going to be really fun to run a fun time. Uh, I certainly enjoyed watching him pitch uh, back when he was first with the Braves. So looking forward to uh, hearing your conversation with him. Um, so let's get into this, uh, this bonus segment we've got this week. This was something really special you and I got to be a part of. Um, we got to interview four just amazing, amazing human beings. Um, and, uh, it's just one of those things I'm it's, it's, it kind of rejuvenates, uh, or at least for me anyways, my belief in, in mankind and the human spirit. So uh, getting to talk with these folks, but tell us, tell the good folks out there a little bit about uh, what, what we're getting ready to, to hear. Yeah. So uh, May was foster care month and my family's been involved with um, the foster care system up in Tennessee for many years, I have a niece that's adopted um, like nine kids. And so they, they, um, or she, my, my niece Shantae started working with my dad years ago on finding ways that we could create some money to give back and help some of these kids as they enter the welfare system. And one of the things they came up with is creating, finding some suitcases and some backpacks and some, uh, just some basic needs that they would they would have to have. And um, so we started a golf tournament and we started providing some money, raising some money for them to go and, and do like a Christmas party or summer events, some different things like that. So my dad uh, started this uh, nonprofit with, with Shante and, and we just had a lot of fun working with some of these kids and being able to provide some opportunities. So that, that led me to an opportunity here in Georgia working with the Georgia Division of Family and Child Services, they had an awards uh, awards deal that uh, they asked us to be a part of and support. And these are the families are like family of the year. And uh, some of these frontline workers that are not only fostering kids, but they're the policymakers and they are the volunteers, just a lot of people involved in what it takes to help uh, protect some of these kids in, in the state of Georgia. I was real proud to be a part of that. I got to speak to all the award winners and the families and just encourage them about all the great work that they're doing. So they came over to the stadium. We got to be in the alumni lounge. And so I got to speak virtually to a lot of them, but we did have a few of the award winners there. Got to meet them, talk with them, and just tell them 
uh, how much uh, we appreciate them. The Braves love partnering with um, with them, and so it, it was just a great time. And so afterwards, we we asked that uh, we had a couple of the award winners on on the uh, the program. So this next segment is going to be you and I inter, inter, uh, interviewing a couple of these families. Well, there's a, there's two two individuals, and then there's uh, a couple. So uh, it was a lot of fun getting to talk to them, and just just a lot of times we don't think about the sacrifice people make, whether it's military appreciation or whether it's foster care system. There's so many people out there doing some amazing things. And I guess this was you and I's way, uh, our way just to give back a little bit and bring some awareness to foster care month, but also just to what some of the great work that these people are doing. And so it's just an honor to have them on the show. Absolutely is. And it's just, I'm blown away by, by folks who, who do this kind of work. Um, I mean, goodness gracious, if we had a world full of them, we wouldn't have any problems, I don't think. So, um, yeah, I, I hope you'll enjoy our, our chat with them. With Blake and Julie, they're up first, Blake and Julie Stringer. Then we had Erica and Randy up in the, in the next segment. And uh, just some some great people that we're very proud to have here in Braves mm-hmm. Country. And uh, and uh, just our thanks to everybody that put this together. And, uh, yeah. We hope you'll enjoy it and, and definitely, you know, check out uh, these organizations that these folks have worked with and that Greg has spoken about. Um, they're just doing, man, they're just doing great work out there. So we will, we will end with that and uh, we will see you next week. All right. Well, um, this is Blake and Julie. All right. Stringer, correct? All right. You guys have just uh, been named Caregivers of the Year. We're in Foster Care Month here of May. And so I wanted to welcome you to the podcast. And uh, have you guys, um, uh, you said this is your first time at the Brace Stadium, right? Yes. Okay. Well, so now you're in the Alumni Lounge, which is kind of a special. You could see around. We've been talking a little bit about the Braves and how we got here. But uh, we want to focus on you guys a little bit and just thank you for your service and for what you're doing in the in the uh, foster care system. And um, we invited you guys on the podcast because uh, we wanted to, we were part of your event today to honor you guys and all the other caregivers um, in Georgia, which is a very special thing to do. And um, it's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of work on your all's part. So um, wanted to ask you just a couple questions for you guys and, and um, we won't make this painful for you, but uh, we do appreciate you coming on. We And Ricky and I uh, appreciate being a part of this because this is something near and dear as I shared earlier, near and dear to my heart because of what my family does in Tennessee with um, the foster care system. So I, I guess for all of our our listeners out there that we're uh, we talk to on a weekly basis this is something a little bit new but just give them uh, for the person who is has heard about foster care who've thought about maybe being involved as a volunteer or mentor or even a foster care parent um, tell me a little bit about how you guys um, heard about it and then how you decided to make that that big step and and be a part of the process so i want to hear from both of you so you guys decide who wants to talk about which (laughs) i'll start i guess okay um blake was in the military and when he discharged he finished his contract and came home um 
I just was ready to jump in there and do something. Um, we originally thought about adoption. We stumbled upon the It's My Turn Now website for the majority of the kids in care that are up for adoption. And if you want to cry, go to that website <laughs> and watch the videos. Wow. Um, and we really just at that point came more aware of the need for foster parents mm. and how we could do more to help and in a bigger capacity to foster than if we were to just strictly adopt. So we reached out to our county RD and started going through trainings and really started there. We thought that we would, you know, start small and take one at a time, kind of dip our toe in the pool. And we ended up um, taking a sibling sibling placement of three the first time. And then we have kind of never looked back. Mm. So that's great. How about you, Blake? Uh, It's kind of a, you know, jump in right. all in and that uh was probably the best thing that's ever happened um it's a not only a learning experience for you know for us going through it you know and the kids as well and my son uh we have a 10 year old biological uh son and in just that entire process of uh opening their home up and just embracing these kids mm-hmm. and it's it's an awesome thing and i you know starting off like you know like julie was talking about we were uh you know she was wanting to adopt and i was like you know why don't we just try fostering and see how it is and go from there and it here. was his idea i'll give him that credit good and, good and <laughs> it kind of you know turned into mm-hmm. where we're at now so what what is the I'm just so amazed at the work you guys do. What what is the biggest piece of advice you would give to somebody who's thinking about taking the same leap that, that you two did and to, to, to provide this kind of care for these kids? I would encourage them to find some way to get involved, whether that's as a volunteer or something small, because once you do and once you get involved in mm-hmm. these children's lives and you realize the joy that they bring to you and the impact mm-hmm. that you can make on them and their families, there's not gonna be any looking mm-hmm. back. Well that's awesome. Well I've got three three kids that uh well one son-in-law and then two kids have been in the military one's currently still in the national guard so thank you for your service with that so you know a little bit about sacrifice and and uh and duty and commitment and all that so we appreciate that and we know that it takes a lot of that you know it takes a lot to commit to give yourselves to to uh, raise you know other people's kids and um, bring them into your home so thank you so much for that appreciate it so uh well um that was probably the uh the biggest thing we wanted to ask you but we did want to want to say thank you and being a part uh, letting us be a part of uh national foster care month and so um again congratulations on your caregiver of the, of the year awards and um we pray that you as i said earlier we pray that you continue to have grace and strength to uh, continue to do what you do so thank you very much thank, thank you. you thank right. you guys Okay, we're continuing with our guests here in Foster Care Month, and we just were able to be a part of um, of your all's event. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, so, c- continue with some questions. Of course, we uh, we're excited about the work you're doing and and how you're being a part of of uh, some of these young people's lives. And and I think about just giving back to the next generation, right? So we've got a, lo- a lot of kids in our state that that uh, need encouragement, need mentoring. And so just, you know, we have Erica Spillers here and uh, Randy Pearson, uh, our other award winners. So I guess just, I'm 
I'm going to start with you, Erica. So tell me from a mentoring perspective, I know that you, you're doing that now. Was there somebody that, that mentored you when you were, um, growing up or, or now that's, that's kind of allowed you to, to pass it on? Actually, yes. Um, I actually get it from my mom. Great. <laughs> she was actually a teacher, still is, uh, started off in the school system. She was my Sunday school teacher, my kindergarten teacher, my second grade teacher, and she's just been a teacher overall. And my whole family entered into fostering. My middle wow. sister, she took on a sibling group and she later adopted them. My oldest sister fosters and I also foster. So we all kind of encourage each other and mentor each other. Wow, that's, that's special. Thank you so much for, for doing what you're doing. How about you, Randy? No, I mean, I've come into foster care um, as a stumble. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend of mine that... Um, had a child found out that um his mom was at my house he showed up and uh it just went from there um they tried to get in place somewhere else and they couldn't so and that's when they suggested that i become a foster parent and so i went and took the classes and i've been in it ever since i only done it for this one kid but i've ended up having 22 kids wow wow <laughs> That That's is amazing. Incredible. And you've had, you've got what, how many teenage Four boys? Four teenage boys right wow. now. Wow. That's pretty amazing. I mean, I can't, uh, I can't imagine just the energy with my own kids, you know, being spread out, but they're not all spread out. They're, they're right there. So uh, how do you together. keep them busy? It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball, swimming, just whatever we can do to, to yeah. get it going. Yeah, that's great. Keep them busy. Well, I've got a question for both of you. What has been the biggest personal reward for you in doing this this work that you do and providing a home for these kids? Um, Alicia, go ahead. So the biggest Erica, reward. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> the biggest reward for me is just to see the success of the child. I take teenagers. Mm. That's what I was, I had a heart for teenagers. They say they're the heart placements. Mm. So I wanted to step up to the challenge. And just the look of success, I, I've had a few that were, you know, D's and F's, and they came out on honor roll. Mm. And they just, they're just so happy and excited that somebody believes in them mm. and willing to put the work into them and tell them that they can, no matter what their circumstances is, that God has a plan mm. and that they can accomplish anything they want to if they just try. So that's just been the reward for me, just just that success that, oh my God, I did it. So that's been amazing. I can see just, Erica, the way your face is lighting up talking about it. That's I can see the reward of the, <laughs> just in the way you're talking about it. Uh, Randy, how about you? For me, it's when a kid comes to you and thanks you their self mm. and tells you like I got one right now he he tells tells me that the short time that he's been with me he's learned more about being an adult than his whole life mm. so that yeah that makes you feel good that's awesome so my last question is this <clears throat> so out of all of our uh, our listeners out there what what would be the one thing if they're thinking about this what would be the one thing that you would encourage them to do if they're just still a little hesitant of being involved what's the one thing Erica that you would say what's the next step they should do to, to um, move themselves towards the foster care system 
what I would say if they're on the fence about it, maybe visit with them, visit with somebody that's doing fostering, volunteer, do respite, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, you know, spend time with the family, show up to some of the events. That's kind of what I've seen, you know, when I was kind of on the fence about it. I actually saw people that were doing it and kind of started conversations with them around it and just find do, do your research, do your research and figure out what's best for you and your family. Yeah, that's great. How about you, Randy? Yeah, that's it. Uh, basically, what she said, uh, if you got the heart for it, you know, try mm. to contact your local defects office or wherever you can to find out how to get started. That's great. Well, again, thank you for joining us on Behind the Braves. Uh, thank you for what you're doing and sharing your stories. And um, we just uh, we want to continue to honor you guys today and all that uh, all that's going on. And and I know that you're making an impact, a huge impact in these kids' lives. So we appreciate what you do. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you both. Thank you. Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or at braves.com slash behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.